Whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast as part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, where you can find shows like Embrace, Debate, and Inside the Vault, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Welcome back, everybody. We, we took the week off following the Super Bowl, but we are back to talk. Uh, actually, not so much Carolina Panthers maybe today, uh, but we are going to talk uh, some NFL Combine uh, here on the Cat Cave. Let's start off by welcoming uh, Michael Davis. Michael, what's up, bud? How's everything? Everything is great. I'm excited because there's not too much of an offseason when it comes to the NFL. We had Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. We had a week off last week, and now we got the Combine this week. So it just feels like everything keeps piling up, and uh, super excited to see the growth of the show throughout the offseason. Shannon Smith also with us as he is every cat cave. Shannon, what's going on, bud? Hey, not too much. Won't uh, look into this combine, see who's going to be trying to move up. Want to see the athleticism. We're going to talk some good stuff today, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, listen, if anybody needs to be paying attention to the NFL combine, it's the Carolina Panthers. The NFL combine started earlier this week, February 26th to March 4th at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana. If you've been living under a rock or you have this is your first time ever listening to a podcast or, or discussing football with your friends and listening about football, uh, the Combine is an annual event where co uh, former college players come and, and show up their skills and their mental abilities uh, in front of coaches, uh, managers, and uh, general managers and scouts uh, to see where they best fit in the, in the next stage of their career. Uh, uh, Michael, let's start with you here. Are you a fan of the Combine? Do you watch the Combine coverage that we see every year? I think we used to just do ESPN coverage. Now there's NFL Network and other networks get on it. Is the, the NFL Combine something that you look forward to when it comes to a being a football fan? I do look forward to the NFL Combine. I have memories, especially – I was actually homeschooled for high school. And so when I would get my work done and like this time of year, I would just have it on and watch, and that's how I get introduced to – a lot of the prospects I didn't get to watch throughout the year, whether they come from like a school I don't really care to watch, you know, spend my time watching on Saturday. Um, I get introduced to these guys. And I'm like, whoa, maybe this is a person that could be on my uh, future squad. So I go in, look at them. So to me, like, yes, I do like a mock draft here and there, probably in December, January. But this, this is really where, the draft starts to amp up and I start getting excited because dude, there could be a prospect who just like out of nowhere, just skyrockets. And I think I, I think I've had a name in mind. I'll, I'll save that for later if we uh, have a chance to get into it, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty excited for the combine. Shannon. Uh, listen, there's a lot of, a lot of events, be it the 40 yard dash, uh, the long jump. There's a lot of athletic skills, we could talk about the wonder lick if we really wanted to, but I think that's, you know, it's, that, that is what it is. Shannon, what do you look forward to the most when it comes to the NFL Combine and, and what the events that they show on TV? I'm pretty interested in seeing the overall athleticism. The 40-yard dash is probably a teaser. You know, you're kind of wanting to see who's the fastest. You know, that bench press is another thing. Um, you want to see who's strong. You could looking at those defensive tackles, those defensive ends and linebackers and offensive linemen to see how much they press that bench. 
And also, you know, the um, the vertical jump is another thing I like seeing. Um, you also kind of see which players were um, dual athletes. You know, you see some of those basketball players coming out of there. You see some of those wrestlers, those baseball players even. You know, I, it, it's cool to see that. You know, it's interesting facts. You know, do I read into the combine heavily? Not all the time. Do I read into it as in if that's going to be the overall make or break of some of these players? No, but it is pretty fun, and it does give GMs and other guys insight of what they might be getting from a player. So it was cool. I actually do enjoy the combine, but I think the 40-yard dash is what does it for me. Listen, I'm with you. First and foremost, I should mention that the uh, this is – I mean, this this combine is where players and, and, and coaches get to intermingle for the first time Without the NFL Combine, maybe the Carolina Panthers don't go out and draft Bryce Young based on the interviews they did last year. Maybe they go with a C.J. Strouder and Anthony Richardson, who is who broke a bunch of records from the Combine standpoint uh, as a quarterback last season, um, or I say last season, last offseason, um, and it still wasn't enough to take over that number one spot that Bryce Young did. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, as far as the 40-yard dash goes, I – selfishly is a bigger guy. I love seeing the big dudes go out there and get after it, man. The 40 yard dash by an offensive lineman, like a 300 pounder, or even the defensive ends so years ago, watching Jadavian Clowney as a six foot seven defensive end, go out there and hit a four, five 40, uh, a sub four, five 40, if I'm not mistaken. So I love seeing the big dudes go get after it with the 40 yard dash. And, and listen, there cannot be an NFL combine and a 40 yard dash without NFL Network's Rich Eisen running in a suit, the 40-yard dash. You just can't do it. Like, I, I selfishly, I know it's put on by the NFL and ESPN covers it and stuff like that too. I would love to see Matthew Barry or like Field Yates. I want to see the fantasy guys go out and run the 40 at the NFL Combine. Like, so that we, I've talked about it with my friends about as far as like how you decide the draft order in your fantasy football leagues. I want to see like a well-known, like the ESPN's well-known fantasy football league is the War Room League, right? I want to see these people go out on NFL Network at the NFL Combine <laughs> done, and I want to run a 40-yard dash with the entire fantasy league. And, you know, the fastest times and all that stuff, they get to choose their draft order and stuff like that. That's what I would personally like to see because I, I just, I don't know. I'm always, I've always been like as a non-fast, well, I, you know, let me, let me take that back. I was fast when I was in high school. I couldn't do long distances. So I've always been about speed. So I love the 40-yard dash. Wait, um, does, yeah. does that does that mean like when we do our fantasy football league this year, does that mean you're going to decide to draft order by 40-yard dash? Y'all don't want that with me. Y'all don't want that. I mean, listen, Detroit, you would get we would have I'll, we would I'll have to it. somehow get everybody together and considering that like in in, the, in my tap outs and touchdowns fantasy league, there was people from Washington, New York, and all that stuff that, that were in the league. It'd be hard to be like honest about the, the, the draft. No, you got to do a video. You got to do a video. Yeah, but who's to say that like somebody doesn't click that time or just like a second short and some dude that's run a six second 40 yard dash? It's actually it's a three five forty. They've broken combine records, but I I don't know. It's something we can discuss. Doesn't matter with me. I'm still winning. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. right. 
it's it's February. You give me two months, I can probably get some speed back. I just got to get get my legs back in shape. Man, give me two hours. You're done. Give me two hours. You don't want. It's it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Um, some pretty notable names invited to the NFL Combine this week. I mean, there are a ton of names uh, ranging from Bo Nix to Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. You're looking at uh, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, Frank Gore Jr. from Southern Mississippi, a bunch of wide receivers here. I asked you guys before the show to give me a couple names that you guys wanted to take a look at or were interested in seeing what they're going to be able to do at the Combine. Shannon, you were the first to respond to me, so I'm going to start with you. You are interested in seeing – UNC quarterback Drake May. Uh, if you're watching the show over on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel, you will see Drake May's stats go across the bottom the bottom line ticker, uh, both career and his stats from last season, where he threw for over to three thousand yards, twenty four touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Uh, Shannon, what are you what are you excited to see out of Drake May with this year's draft combine? I'm looking to see how fast Drake really is. Drake is a very quick quarterback. He's got very good scrambling ability. But I would like to see Drake display that a little bit. You know, I want to see the overall speed, you know, because, you know, of course, we see him in football time with pads on, things of that nature. But I'd like to see how fast Drake really is. I think he's got good feet. And I would also like to see maybe the lateral. I'd like to see his lateral speed as well, too, because quarterbacks are more – I wouldn't say they're more east to west, but, you know, they got to have lateral movement inside of that pocket. They got to get out of there in and out, you know, because they've got to go between the linemen. There's going to be defensive linemen coming out. There's going to be linebackers coming at them. I'd like to see the overall lateral speed of what he's got. And I like the lateral as well, too. That was an underrated um, event with the combine with me. You know, everybody sees a 40-yard dash, of course. But I like the lateral the the lateral movement drill. I like to see that. So I like to see Drake's lateral speed, his lateral quickness. I like to see that. Listen, I'm with you again. As for a college career, he actually put up numbers I wasn't expecting. Only at sixty, right at sixty five percent completions, uh, under ten thousand yards for his career, eight thousand eighteen. But he only played for three years. Sixty three touchdowns to sixteen interceptions. Not too shabby for a guy who played uh, in the ACC. Uh, considering whoa, where, where was off. that? Whoa, that was that was a shot directed at the ACC. That's an SEC I know for you right there. That's an SEC guy for you, but you played in that SEC least. I mean, East. Sorry about that. So it's okay. Well, it's I, okay. Listen, this year, hold on before you, I, you're getting there, and I don't want you to get ahead of yourself. There is really <laughs> no East and West this year because your South Carolina is not playing Georgia, Florida, or the Tennessee out of the out of the East. Right. So they still haven't decided what they're going to do with the schedule going forward now that Oklahoma and Texas are officially Ooh. members of the SEC starting in the 2024 Ooh. season. Um, so, I, Michael, I know you wanted to take your shot at me, and we'll, you'll get to take your shot at me in a second. But before I get to who I'm looking forward to seeing the most in this combine, Michael, you threw me a curveball at a guy that I was not expecting anybody to pick up. The guy that you're looking out for is defensive end from Penn State, Chop Robinson. Which to me, this is crazy that you picked this guy out to me because if you look at his stats alone, 35 tackles in his career, one pass deflection, only six sacks. But this year he had a sort of a breakout season, 12 tackles, four sacks, 
and his two career force fumbles both came in the season. What are you looking to see out of Chop Robinson, Michael? So now I'm not I'm not a Big Ten guy. We're in ACC country. Um, that 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 that's what the Carolinas are. Um, speaking of, go I Duke. Mean, um, tobacco road, but, sure, but but you know. We're, no, we're in ACC anyway, country right here. Yeah, that's what you think. You right. go it. Uh, well. But but what I really like about Chop Robinson is I've already started to look into some of these prospects, and I heard one word about Chop Robinson that perked my ears up, and that word was motor. He has a high motor. And do you know who else went to Penn State and played that front seven? And had a high motor, none other than none other than Micah Parsons. Oh my god, the best defensive player in the NFL. Okay, (laughs) don't even laugh. Don't even laugh. You know it's true. You know Micah's better than Nick Bosa. You know Micah's better than Aiden Hutchinson. I wasn't even gonna say Nick Bosa. I wasn't even gonna say Nick Bosa. That's you got the funny it. You part. got you guys. You are thought right now. Nick Bosa's in the top five. Yes, of course. If you want to get past rushers and all that other stuff, in there, you gotta put Nick Bosa in but, there. But whatever. Yes. But I'm no, I'm not saying that Mike Parsons is not in the top five, but he's not the best. You need to calm down with that when you need to. I I understand completely the- why that you've taken Chop Robinson now. That's why I, I get it now. I was like, why is his name thrown well, out there? Okay. So and he had to throw it over to Micah Parsons. Like, <laughs> listen, I understand it. You had to find so, a way to so, be a homer at some point. I get it because my pick is going to be a homer. Okay. Kid, go ahead. The, hey, this, this, is com- this is coming from the South Carolina the guy. Homer, who just the takes homer shots. aspects came into that. The homer aspect came into that because I was kind of looking like, okay, Penn State, this is so, not your thing, okay. Mike. <laughs> so think about this, okay? I've Bad heard Chop Robin. I've heard Chop Robinson so far, like early, mid second round. That that's okay. where I'm hearing him. Okay. And there's been articles I've been reading with this high motor. That's where people show up and show out at the NFL combine, start making a name for themselves. If he measures well and if he brings that high motor to Indianapolis where all the scouts are, dude, I don't know. He might pull himself up into the very late first round. Um, But especially when you think about the Carolina Panthers, Brian Burns isn't under contract. Who could you like put in there on the defensive line? You could start looking at a guy like Chop Robinson. Plus, what a cooler name. Chop Robinson? Like, come on, man. I got to admit, it's a pretty sweet name. Listen, I I think – Anybody that knows me knows that my the guy that I'm looking forward to watching the most in the NFL Combine uh, is comes as no surprise, Homer. and that's uh, quarterback Spencer Rattler from the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, listen, he's Not being bad. talked about really. He's been talked about a lot going that's into the Combine. He was the seat. But it's not. But it's not bad. I mean, but that ain't bad though. I mean, you I, know what? I, I gotta go. I didn't interrupt you when you were going under spiel about chop. So you, so you actually I'm, did. I'm you actually did. I know you I did. did. You did. No, I didn't. I didn't interrupt nothing. All right, Spencer Rattler, the Senior Bowl MVP from the 2024 Senior Bowl. I had a perfect. Had, it started off the slow. Started off the week kind of slow. Picked it up. Went perfect in the game. Um, listen, he played obviously infamously. Started off his career at Oklahoma. Finished his career at South Carolina. Finished his career with more passing yards in college football 
uh, in his college football career than Drake May. 10,807 yards total, 77 touchdowns, 32 interceptions. A lot of those came in South Carolina. But last year, arguably his best career as a passer. And I say that because if you go back and watch the film on Spencer Rattler in South Carolina in 2023, he was on the run every single game. The offensive line was a no-show every single week. And he still managed to throw for over 3,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. A couple of those interceptions were bad. Some of them were bad routes run by the wide receivers. So I've, I've seen one former draft scout that called Spencer Rattler the closest thing this draft has to a Patrick Mahomes. I think that's an overreaction. No. I think that's a reach. I think that's an overreaction here. Um, but if there's somebody that can help their draft stock more than Spencer Rattler, I don't know who it is. And I'll tell you why, because we've already talked about Drake May coming and performing in this in this draft combine. The next topic that we're going to talk about uh, revolves around players who are skipping the combine. Uh, Kayla Williams, quarterback from Southern Cal, former Heisman Trophy winner. Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver from Ohio State. The current Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels from LSU, are not participating in the 2024 NFL Draft Combine. Are, they, are, they are being widely thought of as three of the top five picks in the draft, and they're not going to be participating. They would rather wait for their senior day to create a script to help continue to solidify their places at the top of the draft board. So a guy like Drake May, a guy like Spencer Rattler, when you have guys like Kayla Williams and Jaden Daniels not showing up, this is their time to show why they deserve high, high draft stock. I'm going to start with you, Shannon. Uh, does this help uh, the, these three players by missing the combine? Like, what are your what are your thoughts just in general of some in players in general missing uh, or, or skipping out on the NFL combine? Now, you were talking about um, – I'm sorry to get off topic with this right here, but when you were talking about Sprint, Spencer Rattler, you know, having a great senior bowl, you got to remember a guy by the name of LaDainian Tomlinson had a very good senior bowl and got himself drafted, and LaDainian Tomlinson has got a gold jacket. So the senior bowl and the and the combine, let me go ahead and circle it back to what we were, the senior bowl and the combine are times where guys have really gotten noticed in in certain years. Yes, I, I get what you're saying with uh, players missing the combine. They might There might be some people feeling some type of way about that. I can understand why Marvin Harrison Jr. might want to miss a combine because he's going to be the first wide receiver taken off the board. We all know that. He had a stellar year. He was the best receiver in the nation. I get why he's going to miss it. I can kind of get why the, uh, the cat from uh, LSU was going to miss it as well, too. The man won the Heisman Trophy. I can get that, why he did, although I really didn't really agree with him winning the Heisman Trophy this year, but that's another story for another time. I understand that. Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably going to be one of the first three picks in the draft. Let, let's just go ahead and get that out of there. Caleb Williams, on the other hand, I kind of got a little bit of a mixed emotion about him. He had a wonderful, he had a wonderful year last year, but this year was kind of lackluster in the wins column. He was a top five quarterback. Let's go ahead and get that going. But a lot of people are thinking that Drake May is going to get drafted over him. There's been talks about that happening. I mean, Caleb Williams has taken some questionable losses this year, and he hasn't really shown up in some of the games where USC has needed him this year. I think he's going off of last year coming into this draft as well, too. 
do I really feel bad about players skipping the combine? Not so much. Marvin Harrison is a guy I give an exception to over the three because of where he's going to get drafted. I don't really feel bad about it if you're going to be in that in that echelon of the three picks, the top five picks. I'm okay with you missing. Yeah. Michael, Michael, what are your thoughts? Does this does this kind of put a stain on what they're what they're they're looking to be? I mean, if you go to the NFL combine and you lay an egg, all of a sudden now people are questioning if you're gonna be the top pick that they're gonna draft you for. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on what, what Shannon had to say about about these guys missing the draft or missing the combine? I should say, yeah, kind of like what Shannon was alluding to. These guys are pretty solidified where they are. They're going to be top five and at the very worst top ten picks. Okay, they their their stock is made, their money is made. Yes, there's controversy about which quarterback you should take. But I'm just going to say this: if the Chicago Bears decide to draft a UNC quarterback instead of a transcendent talent at quarterback. They won't. Again? I was going to say, they've already done that once. Again? But there's a difference between Mitch and uh, and, uh, Drake May. No, there is not. There's a difference. No, there is not. There is not a difference. He's more athletic. Drake No, no, no. Mitch Trubisky had the same amount of height that Drake May has coming in to Are this draft. Okay. Are you sure about that? Caleb Williams has been touted as very Mahomes-esque with the way he plays football. I okay. It is the exact same situation. And Chicago not only decided to take Mitch Trubisky, they decided to trade up and take Mitch Trubisky instead of staying down and oh wow, we'll settle for Patrick Mahomes. He didn't get the same hype that Drake May did. He did. He yes, so did. he did. No, yes, no, he Mr. did. Mr. not a Heisman Trophy guy. Like, he was not going to be looked at to win the Heisman Trophy. Drake was preseason. Mitchell Trubisky was not. And did he Drake May win the Heisman? No, Of he course did he didn't. No, he did not. But, Drake, but I will say this. If you look back, Mitchell Trubisky was not on the list preseason. Drake May was. Oh, there, Guys, there, no way. I'm going to interject because I, I, I'm going to interject for a second. I don't really have a choice. I love the fact that it is heating up here in the cat cave, but the heat will be cranked up in Miami for UFC 299, but the action will be even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. What is a no-sweat bet, you ask? It's like getting another chance if you take an L. Take one on the chin, you get another shot at victory. That's right. Get a bonus bet back in the amount of your original bet if your first bet doesn't hit. A UFC 299, you can get Sugar Shane O'Malley as a huge favorite, minus 218 over his challenger, Marlon Vera, sitting at a plus 180 underdog spot, or Dustin Poirier, a plus 148 underdog, against Benoit Saint-Denis at minus 170. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TOBACCOROAD. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TOBACCOROAD. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. 
in New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit, wagering, and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Guys, that was my first uh my first little professional read. I kind of I kind of dig how that turned out. Um Listen, we've been talking a lot about the draft combine, so we're probably going to have to take a look back at arguably the uh, the the greatest number one overall pick in the Panthers history, uh, and look back at Cam Newton's NFL Combine as we've got about five more minutes because we need to talk about some stuff that went down with Cam Newton recently here. Uh, but if you look at Cam Newton's NFL Combine, the highest grade you can get in NFL Combine is eight. He got a seven point five. Again, if you're watching on the Tobacco Road. Sports Radio's YouTube channel, you can see the measurables that were taken at the NFL Combine uh, by Cam Newton. A 90 athleticism score that was number two in the 2011 draft. He got a 97 production score as number one in the 2011 draft. He was rated as the number one quarterback in that draft. If you remember correctly, that draft was supposed to be the Andrew Luck draft, and he decided to stick around for another year at Stanford and it opened the door for the Heisman Trophy winning Cam Newton out of the University of Auburn by way of Florida to, to find himself as the number one overall pick taken by the Carolina Panthers. I, I'm not sure where to go with this other than to say, like, I, I did not see Bryce Young's numbers. How would you compare a quarterback like Cam Newton to a quarterback like Bryce Young Mike, I, I know you have strong feelings about Cam Newton, so I'm going to start off with you. Um, I, I probably should have been more prepared and gotten some of those numbers from Bryce Young. But knowing what Cam Newton was able to do in his short, rather short career, do, do, do you go back and think that, yeah, we sure got the right guy for a solid decade? Or or do you think that maybe, uh, maybe they should have gone a different direction back in 2011? So I'm going to preface this with – it was there was no doubt that the Carolina Panthers should have taken Cam Newton number one. He was a clear fire. He was the Heisman Trophy winner. Whatever. Now, however, I personally feel his NFL career went. Um, to me, he only had like two great years, if you can call those great. It was his rookie year. It was the MVP year. Everything else was lackluster. But if you start looking at that quarter quarterback class, you got Cam Newton. Okay. And your first round quarterbacks were then Jake Locker at eight, Blaine Gabbard at 10, Christian Ponder at 12. And honestly, the most successful ish quarterbacks were taken in the second round with Andy Dalton and Colin Kaepernick. And then the only other quarterbacks taken were Ryan Mallett, Ricky Stanzi, TJ Yates, uh, Nathan and Daryl. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod's been a journeyman, and Greg McElroy from Alabama. Okay, to to think Cam Newton shined above and uh, all above the rest from a horrible quarterback class. Um, 
is pretty laughable because yeah, it was bad. Granted, these these are nice statistics. What shocks me though is a four six forty. Cam Newton at his size, we considered that fast back in the day. Dude, how much time has changed in 13 years where we're like, dude, 4'6", you're going to get like swallowed up by those DNs running 4'4s, kind of like Micah Parsons, but I digress. Uh, yeah, listen, um, it's it's hard it's hard to compete with it with that logic. I, I I wasn't a fan of Cam Newton coming out of college. Uh, I'm I, not necessarily a, a fan of him now. But you, you can't argue with what he was able was able to do with the combine. Uh, I should also mention RIP to Ryan Mount. We lost him last year uh, in an accident. So of all those quarterbacks, I believe he he might be the one that's no longer with us. Um, listen, the reason we're talking about Cam Newton now is because he's he's gone on record to say some pretty uh, some pretty and and I know we're I know we're um, up against it, but he's he's had some pretty outlandish things to say. I don't know. I think he's got a podcast or something like that, but he's, he's gone on record to basically say that Brock Purdy was a game manager when Brock Purdy's been to just as many NFC championships games as, as Cam Newton has been to. Um, but uh, earlier this week, or it was maybe it wasn't earlier this week. It was last week. Cam Newton was involved in an altercation at a seven on seven camp uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, the event organized by Weeball sports and apparel and sports media company brought youth under 15 Another 18 teams in Georgia and Alabama together for a competitive tournament. Uh, Newton is the founder of C1N, a program that participated. Uh, you can go find the video online uh, where it looked like Cam Newton kind of got jumped. We talked about the show, and we're going to go a little late, so apologies apologies there. Uh, but you guys brought up that we wanted to talk about Cam Newton. I wasn't really sure where to go with this. So, uh, Shannon, I'm up on the floor to you. It, yeah, Cam Newton didn't initiate the fight, but it's still not a good look for probably the best Panthers quarterback in franchise history to be having some off the field fighting issues. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on the situation? Uh, to be honest with you, I saw the video a few times, and they didn't get Cam down. So that's all I can say. They didn't get him down. So. I saw a meme, and this may not be so funny to share, but it said that the meme said that Cam has been running for his life with a bad offensive line many times. So those guys trying to get Cam down, that was that was light work for him. So that's pretty. Good. To be honest with you, man, it was just I think it was some kids just trying to make make a name off of themselves by going after Cam, and I think that's really dumb. Um, this doesn't well to me. This doesn't do anything to Cam. I think it's more or less on the people that might be affiliated or around him. Although Cam probably will get the blame for it or there, it will just be something to try to stain him. I really think that Cam, and since you brought up the whole uh, game manager thing with Brock Purdy, I really think that was misunderstood. Look at Cam and look at Brock Purdy status or status wise, stature wise. I mean, I'm sorry, stature wise. Look at Cam's highlights compared to Brock Purdy's. Cam was one of those guys that made superhuman highlight reels. You know how they say Dominique Wilkins is the human highlight reel in the NBA. Cam was a human highlight reel in the NFL. Let's be real about it. Cam made highlights a lot. 
I understand why Cam said what he said about Brock Purdy, but I think, you know, a lot of people like to spin a few things around because Cam is not the leader that they wanted Cam to be. Cam is a flamboyant guy. Cam is not like Tom Brady, where Tom Brady was business as usual. Cam was a flamboyant guy. And there were a lot of people that wanted to knock Cam off of his off of his pedestal. And it happened. Cam did get knocked off his pedestal. Cam did some dumb things. Cam said some uncharacteristic stuff. Cam should have jumped on that fumble in the Super Bowl. Let's just go ahead and be real about it. He should have done that. But to be real about it, can we say that it was all Cam's fault for what he got? Not really. But I really think that this might be an attempt to try to salt Cam a little bit. Say what you want to about Cam's on-field stuff, off-field stuff. But I really think that there are some people out there that might try to just put Cam in an opportunity not to be remembered. And that's their opinion, and that's fine. I respect Mike's opinion of why he feels Cam is not the better quarterback of – or he might not be his favorite player. But I really think that you can't take anything away from Cam. I understand why you guys feel the way that you feel about Cam. I get it. Because there's some stuff that Cam shouldn't have done. but Yeah, like he shouldn't have stolen laptops from students at Florida. (laughs) I mean, so there you go. Once again, that's one thing right there. Cam does some dumb stuff. Yes. But as far as taking away from what he's done, y'all need – people need to chill. You know, let Cam have his – what he's had. He might not have done what everybody thought he was going to do. Maybe he did. But let the man be great. Michael, we're running late. Thoughts thoughts on this? Like I said, I, I, I've i got my own thoughts as a reason why I started rooting for the Lions. Um, I remember what, what Cam did in, in college, and, you know, I, I know what he said recently. So give, give us your thoughts before we wrap, wrap tonight's show up. Yeah, I feel like Cam's trying to stay relevant, but whatever my personal opinion is on that, this fight was at seven-on-seven youth camp. It, it was in front of impressionable teenagers. Um, apparently, he had a relationship with um, the coaches that he got in a fight with. They used to work for him, um, according to a USA Today article. Um, but it's just it's just sad. And apparently, Newton was you know taunting them. And of course, they're going to have two sides to each story. They're like Cam was taunting them about the money he makes and da 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 da. If, if any of that is true, you can't put yourself in position to be that if you know you're a celebrity, especially in front of youth who are going to look up to you. Like, for some reason, these teenagers decide that athletes are role models. And if you're going to act in a disparaging way, then you're not worthy of that spotlight on you. So that that's my take on the issue. Um as, as much as I dislike Cam as a player and Panther fans are going to put him on this pedestal of being probably the best player to ever put on Panthers uniform, at least for quarterback position anyways, like that's fine and all. But at the end of the day, uh, he did not make the right decision at a youth camp in front of kids and things could have ended a lot better than they ended up being. Yeah, I, I I said you can get the word, last word. I'm gonna get the last word in. Jake Delhomme also made a Super Bowl for the Carolina Panthers. Um, listen to your point. It's it was a youth camp. Uh, Cam Newton. I don't know how old he is now, 
but he's old enough to have grown up. And if he's going to keep John off, you know, John off of people and, you know, he wants to keep that personality, uh, then, then unfortunately he's, he's putting himself around people that are going to react negatively and unfortunately are going to wind up in situations like this. And, and it's unfortunate because all it's, it's about, it's about age and maturity. So you can have age, but you're not always going to have maturity. And as old as Cam Newton is at this point, he still doesn't seem to have been able to put it together. Uh, hopefully he does, because this sort of situation doesn't need to happen at any other youth camp. You don't know if maybe this doesn't happen for Cam in the future. Maybe this sort of interaction prevents him from having uh, his, his involvement with another youth camp. Well, you know, that's that's to be seen. I was going to pose another question. We'll get past it. Wins and lo- Who wins and loses at this year's NFL Combine? The fans win. The people that go and, and stink it up or any player that may get hurt at the Combine loses. Uh, that's a pretty short answer. Folks, we went almost 10 minutes late. So real quick, we're going to tell you where you can find the co-hosts of the Cat Cave on social media, Michael Davis, on Instagram, at outofpocket underscore TRSR, and at dry, drop the mic wrestling. Uh, good stuff there. He's got some new shows coming out, so make sure you go check those out. Uh, Shannon Smith, you can find him on X at podcast underscore Smitty. And yours truly, you can find me on X at tapouts and TDs or facebook.com slash tapouts and touchdowns make sure you go follow the cat caves new social media on instagram and x at the cat cave underscore ffsn or at facebook.com slash the cat cave ffsn but as of tonight you may now exit the cat cave but make sure you listen to more content on the tobacco road sports radio's youtube channel and more carolina panthers themed podcasts on the keep pounding podcast network powered by the Fans First Sports Network. For Shannon Smith, for Michael Davis, I'm Ryan Frick, and we'll see you next week right here inside the Cat Cave.